you know by now that the dogs in my house wear Paco collars, and the newest addition is Stig's tan leather collar with brass fittings and turquoise stones. It seriously looks like the bay we bought our house on, and his smooth coat and long neck show it off perfectly. We picked it out in person at Paco's booth, and the staff helped us to be sure we got the exact fit and style that was right for him. I catch myself mesmerized by this collar when I walk him. How crazy is that? So get over to PacoCollars.com and grab a collar you'll be obsessed with, and don't forget to use the promo code COGDOG for free shipping. We've got a puppy. Puppy Elementary is my puppy training subscription service, and it's all about our new puppy, Watson. It's just $45 for six months of Watson's development and education, and you'll have indefinite access to the materials, so sign up anytime. Just go to www.thecognitivecanine.com and click the Puppy Elementary tab at the top of the page to register. Each week, you'll have access to multiple training videos and blogs, as well as constant access to the Puppy Elementary Facebook group, where you can talk about your progress with other students. Watson won't stay little for long, so join now. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is called Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. All right, we got a treat for you today. <laughs> We're on a decompression walk, Casey Coughlin and I. Casey Coughlin of Inspiration Canine, also of the Cognitive Canine, assistant coach. Also of the world. Also of the world. And of, just went to Clicker Expo. So we're gonna talk a little bit about our experiences at Clicker Expo. It was Casey's first time there. Yep. Casey? Yep. Would you go again? Yeah. Obviously, right? Obviously. Um, I, a couple of years ago, had, it was in Connecticut, and I totally didn't go because I was like, mm. you like, really mm? expensive. Oh. And <laughs> It is expensive for the three days. Um, and I was like, I don't think it's worth it. Um, but that was, I think, a time in my life where I wasn't actually ready to ready to embrace it. Here's that information. And um, this year came along. I decided to give it a try. And I thought it was worth every penny of the ticket prices, registration prices for the three days. Yeah, I actually, to me, I think when you look at the price, I think a lot of people do kind of break out. To me, when you break it down for three days, it's actually That's pretty really, in, inexpensive. Yeah, for them. For three days of that kind of that level of instruction and information, mm-hmm. to me, I, I don't even... Like, I, I don't look at it like that. And when I first started going, 
I think, because I think this was my seventh year, I'm not sure. Um, it was, it was more money to me. You know what I mean? Right. Um, than it is now. But it's just something that I just kind of plan for every year at this point. So, what was your favorite talk? I'll tell you mine, too. <laughs> um, my favorite talk, as far as information goes, was Dr. Susan Friedman's discussion about emotions. Yeah, her emotions inside out. And... But I also really got a lot out of Ken Ramirez's problem-solving lecture. Yeah. Um, I think that anyone who is working on a behavioral concern should get that one on demand because he's just so eloquent and simple and smart about how he breaks down all the steps of, you know, changing. He makes it feel very accessible. Yeah. He's like, listen, this is an applied science and you can do it. Yeah. But then he also talks about some other things that are like super important and also sometimes hard to teach or convince other people of like, which is our jam, which is a, wellness. Right. Right. And he had a whole like kind of talk about the attitude of the trainer themselves and that if you're too close to the problem, if it's too frustrating and if your outlook on the project is that it's not worth your time then it really directly correlates with directly impacts your ability to do anything right so that talk was like a condensed version of the two-day workshop i went to at the ranch on problem solving um which if you can do that i definitely recommend um so that I didn't go to that talk at Clicker Expo because I went to the two-day thing. Right. So I would say that my favorite was also Dr. Susan Friedman talking about emotions. But I went to a talk that I always try every year to go something go to something that I wouldn't go to yep. necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I learned that kind of early on in my expo experience is like, it's smart to reach outside of what you think you know and what you think you want to find out about. Ooh, we have potential conflict with the boy dogs. Felix, scatter. Handling that. This is what happens when you're recording and decompressing at once. <laughs> anyway, I always like to go to something that is kind of outside my interest area on purpose because I always find that I learn something new that way. And so this time I went to Sarah Owings uh, oh, lecture here. on nose work. Oh, you come here. Now we just had a gunshot. This is a really not decompressing walk. Okay. Coming back. We had a little interruption <laughs> on our walk. Um, Anyway, I went to Sarah Owings' talk on nose work. Nose work is not something I've ever competed in or trained. The only scent work I've ever done is like some early, early level tracking and then also the scent articles for utility. So, and I have to tell you, I loved this talk. 
and for the first time ever, nose work was like interesting and sexy to me. Um, and I loved it. I just found it so interesting and different and I actually took a lot, took a lot away from it for, for maybe training my scent articles and utility even. So did you go to anything that you kind of didn't expect to go to? Um, Kathy Sadeo's Mark My Words, Mark right? Mark My Words. Yeah. Which was about, about people. Yeah, nonviolent communication techniques. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, violent communication can be just telling someone they're wrong or essentially not giving someone um, positive regard in your communication. So it was about communicating with clients, I think, primarily. Yep, clients and then colleagues and people that don't share your same opinion. Huge, yeah. That was a big part of it. And kind of just understanding how to navigate that without making yourself also feel Yucky. bad. Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting and I think a really good place for me to be at this stage of my career. You kind of pointed out some things on social media that you want to be aware of and how if we want to stand on positive reinforcement you know we need to be nice <laughs> like we need to we need to apply that we need in all to areas. apply that in all areas including with our clients and basically Kathy could talk about like underwater basket weaving <laughs> and I would be enthralled <laughs> but I loved that talk yeah and it was a last minute decision for me too to go to um and I found it helpful, important, interesting. She had some good resources for continuing uh, my learning in that area, and I thought it was great. Um, let's see, what else? It was in Portland, which is always fun because it's drivable for me, which is why you flew here yep. to go. Um, and... I think we should talk about Lindsay Woods' talk on Arousal. Yeah, that was great. So Lindsay uh, talked on Arousal last year for the first time. And this year she did the talk from last year in addition to kind of a sequel to the talk. Um, and I think Lindsay's a goddess, so anything she does is great. But <laughs> I really, really enjoyed her talking about this construct arousal, which is not a helpful construct in her realm, which is shelter dogs Pony. and what we can take from that too, to apply to sport dogs. And I just enjoyed it. I found it interesting. I also, to be honest, found it validating Yep. because her ideas about how to navigate it, navigate that were in line with what I've been trying to do for the past few years with my own dogs and my clients. And it is really interesting to see like a more scientific explanation. Of Absolutely. The whole thing. I love that. Cause we kind of get sucked into like, we get sucked into a, dog agility speak. problem. Yeah, yeah, we do. Cause that's our land. That's where we live. Right. right? And right. so I loved hearing, an applied animal behaviorist 
talking about the thing that I've been talking about as a dog trainer right. for a long time. And I thought that was just, I thought it was fantastic. Also, Felix was in the presentation, so it was my, <laughs> that was my favorite moment. Because <laughs> he's obviously a celebrity. Anyway, people came up to Felix more than me, I think. Yeah. And said, is that Felix? Yeah. Because actually it was Felix's first time at Clicker Expo as well. And we probably shouldn't talk about the fact that somebody did ask if Iggy was Felix. No, we shouldn't mention that. Ugh, Iggy's been just going off about that for days. But I think it's really important that we know that right now we need this walk <laughs> as bad as our dogs do. Because we were in an urban, we were in an Airbnb in Portland. So urban setting. So we leash, we did urban leash walks every day yep. with our dogs. Yep. And reaffirmed why all reaffirmed, dogs are reactive yep. in and they that were, setting. We saw a lot, every single, almost every dog we encountered was barky lungy. Yep. Um, our dogs need this nice off leash time. We need, and we need it. I need it so bad. I was like wound super tight by the end. Yep. Just being in an urban environment, as well as the constant social interaction yep, really. for an introvert is really a lot. Um, so we're going to walk out here until we feel better. And I thought it was interesting because I'm really, you know, trying to find great continuing education opportunities. And I think that's a hard world to navigate because of our industry. Being unregulated, etc. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that it was great. It was a really well-rounded oh, yeah. group of presenters on a wide range of topics. And yeah, I think I was ready to hear everything there and ready to build on it and go home and train dogs and all that. One of the biggest things I always get out of it is feeling just energized about training again. Yep. It's like this annual, and I, I love that, because I always go to the West Coast one, so I love that it's in January. Yep. Because it's like New Year, <laughs> yes. new training ideas, yep. new fresh plans. Yep. And it's just really valuable to be able to kind of count on that. I trained my dog this morning. You did? And felt good about it and had Ken Ramirez in my ear reminding me to do do simple things well rather than overcomplicating. Right. Don't recreate the wheel like we Yeah, you don't need house. to. Just produce a clean loop of behavior. And yeah, uh, his talk on conservation I also went to and it was so good it was such a feel good i mean would you like to tell the world what you've decided <laughs> <laughs> casey walks out of the the conservation talk and she goes i've decided ken needs to stop going to africa it's just too dangerous <laughs> and because you know it is so he does some really dangerous projects but they're like amazing and worthwhile and to me like that that good clean training can save the world it's so it's mind-blowing. Like, it's like brain matter on the wall for me. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh, this is so much bigger. We're not talking about saving a pet dog's 
life. Like, although saving a pet dog's important. life is really valuable, but so is saving sea turtles. Yes. From an oil spill. Yes. And animal training can do both. Good animal training can do both. Yes. And I just... Anytime Ken talks about conservation, which he talks about a lot because it is his passion, I just get so excited about what good training can do. It is so impressive. Like that you can that you, that can, you can alter the migratory route of elephants. Yep. To save them from poachers. That's what he was with doing. With just good behavioral science. That was too Woo! risky for me. Well, he needs to quit that. Um. I don't think Ken listens to Cog Dog Radio, but <laughs> maybe someone will put a bug in his ear. I like no. Nope, he is. Did your dog get go up there? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was great. Well, it was great because he talked about which there's an article on Karen Pryor. There he is. Oh boy. Um, website. The website. Yeah, it's on uh, clickertraining.com. About him having like a run-in which he just spoke about it briefly because it's obviously really it's a trauma traumatic for him but yeah. him getting kind of chased down by poachers and they're really not okay. happy about it because i'll share the link to the article on the facebook page when we yeah. put this podcast it's out because so i've read it and it's scary it is, it's terrifying <laughs> but he's just he's decided that it's worth the risk and he is to save these animals because he's an american hero <laughs> can we just say it like it is <laughs> a world hero he you know what i just the phrase american hero was apparently <laughs> just gonna come out but yeah he's just a hero in general because he yeah it was a world hero. it was amazing we think like i am struggling with this concept like we think that we are powerless and i feel so powerless so quickly and then to change behavior all of a sudden you flip back around just like in the world in general like so we're so powerless. Um, yeah. But then he makes you go. Then he reminds you that like with simple applied science, and then he, you can literally save. They saved 60 elephants in the first year. Yes. From, so from being killed by poachers. Just you guys to give you background. Like they, there's a herd of elephants that cross, um, out of a preserve in their migration pattern. And so they go into this unprotected space for just a small amount of their trip, but the poachers just sit there and wait for them to cross. And wait for them to cross, and they and do it every them. single year, mm -hmm. and they do it at the exact same time. And so it's really easy for them to just Let's go. Let's go. set up camp and just ambush them. Right. But then, how do you like? Everyone would be like, "How in the world and they, do you and reroute the, this?" The preserve tried to put up fences, but the elephants went right through them. Right. They tried to put up fences with because what they. Fence to an elephant. Well, exactly, and they're this convinced way. this is a centuries-old migratory path. Yeah. That's what Ken said. So anyway, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think back to your point of, like, when you start to feel powerless. <sighs> I've been going through a lot lately, just in personal life, and Dr. Susan Friedman was giving this talk on emotions. And somebody in the audience actually said this and she just kind of reiterated it and got really excited about it but and I'm going to paraphrase but it was basically an animal and by an animal I mean every living creature an animal that has control over its contingencies or its environment has control over its emotions too and I that was a big wow moment for me yeah um 
It's when we feel out of control of our own contingencies, of our own reinforcers and punishers, that we start to feel those emotions that we don't want to feel. And I think there's more to discuss on that front. Because that's, you know, going to feel like a gross oversimplification to a lot of people, I think. Probably. But how cool to be able to um, just take control over the contingencies that are what's upsetting you and allow that to affect your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So I've already been making plans to kind of try to do that in my daily life. I did it last night. Like, uh, when we got in, we were going to get in late. I knew I had a bunch of stuff to unload. So I just texted Leslie, like, hey, can you put the dogs up before I get there? So that I didn't have to walk into, like, chaos. Because they are. There's a lot of them, and they get really excited (laughs) when I come home. And it's hard. It's just a little bit irritating. Yep. Right? But if they're all in crates, then... They're not jumping on you Then they're not jumping on me and my stuff. And you're not having to choose and if to you guys train are, or not. And if you guys moment. are judging me right now for having dogs <laughs> that jump all over me, we'll just return to priorities. Yep. Right? Um, and I, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I'm a chronic pain sufferer. When I have to drive for four and a half hours, I don't feel great. So if a dog jumps on me in that moment, right. it's an I, overreaction on your then point. I might overreact to that. Pain. Exactly. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to do that. So I'm just taking control over the contingencies a little bit more. And that seems really simple. (laughs) That seems really, you know, why didn't you do that before? But having Susan Friedman in my ear saying, you're upset right now. What contingencies can you change? Right. So that you don't feel that way. That's huge. Yep. Um... Also, just, if you're going to have somebody in your ear, it ought to be Dr. Susan Friedman, I, I got to say. And any one of them, actually. Any just one of them. Have Lindsay Wood in your ear. Have, uh... Right, because there's this thing about Clicker Expo where they're not all just brilliant in their own fields. Have Kathy Sedeo in your mind. I mean... They're also yeah. just really eloquent speakers who are doing a wonderful job of science communication to the general public, which is not, or to the dog training public at large, right? And that's not actually that easy to do. And I really respect it a lot. Oh, and we didn't talk about Michelle Puglio. She was amazing. Michelle! Michelle Puglio is always amazing. (laughs) Just like, I mean, we've said that about everyone so far, but like... She made me reconsider so much about, you know, in the pet dog world, there is like this corner of service dog training and self taught service dogs and that's coming up more and more now because you get clients that want to train their own dogs to help them during the it's day a, it's like a growing industry am i wrong it is self-trained service dogs growing industry yeah and maybe you know, not the best thing it's a really hard thing to navigate trying to teach a person to teach things just in general is difficult and then to such a degree that they're going to hold up in public whatever in and it's just their one pet dog you know this isn't out of a organization that has starts off with 100 puppies and then ends up with you know whatever percentage trained service dogs um and so it is really difficult because you do have sort of 
not always the perfect temperaments and things that would wash candidates from an organization. You don't right. have the option necessarily. You know, people want to work through it. They don't want to just wash the dog. They don't want to get a new dog of something. They want to train. That's the whole point of owner trained service dogs is they already have a dog. They want or they're you like to help getting them. a rescue dog or they're getting, you know, sure. They go through it many different ways, but still that's the one candidate that you have. But just watching her kind of, she was just describing the change between the old traditional aversive service dog trained uh, behaviors and then contrasting them with positive reinforcement taught um, mm -hmm. behaviors. And it was so amazing. And like, it really just reminded you like what you can teach a dog. In just every time I go a little tiny bit amount of time. <laughs> every time I go to one of Michelle's talks and she shows videos from her work with guide dogs for the blind, and she'll show these videos that are like super old black and white videos of the dog being trained kind of quote unquote the old way. Yep. For guide dog work. And then she'll show these videos of some of the just remarkably innovative. Yes training that she um, pioneered in that organization and I my jaw hits the floor every time and I'm it's just gorgeous because it's the most it's the most some of the most beautiful clean dog training I've ever seen well plus this is the plan I was making the other day it's not just her you can yourself just be a great trainer have great timing yes. have great understanding of because, the science and apply it well because she trained she taught all these trainers right but she's working in groups of people and that's the really cool thing about all of the exotic training and stuff that ken is talking about it's a team of people and trying to like it's hard enough for me to explain to a client yeah. how to do this they're training teams of people how to do this. But they're having teams working together and it's all like seamless. It's like, it's like they're all one yes. brain almost. Like, the, because the protocols are so clean, that's why it's easier for the people to do as well. Yeah. You're not, there's no guesswork. Right. It's you're producing this clean loop of behavior and then you're just slightly changing one element and then slightly changing another element. Yeah, um, really and that was my take cool. home for some of my agility puzzles that I'm facing right now. Yep. Is just quit quit trying to reinvent the wheel. Right. And go back to clean loops of reinforcement. Um it was great. That that was a really inspiring thing. It's like we are all talking about training dogs all the time, but really we're also applying that same science to the people around us and we need to keep that in mind like it's not it's almost not about the dog <laughs> to a certain degree when you're talking about client professional relationship it's like never about the dog it's just about teaching a person how to apply the right bit of science to their circumstances and you know the other thing too that i really loved was when susan Susan showed a video of like a frog that was like a viral video of a frog just yes. trying to catch an ant that's on a screen. It's not a real ant and it just keeps thinking it's going to eat it. Right. And then at the it end keeps, of that... It, like there's these bugs on the screen and the 
frog just keeps striking the bugs with its tongue. Yeah, it keeps going bloop, and bloop. keeps <laughs> and, and keeps striking anything. out because they're not real bugs. <laughs> and then the <laughs> and then it ends up biting the guy's thumb like hard thumb because he's like at the end just biting something. Um, but you know, everyone kind of towards the end, you know, it's a, it's a pretty long like thirty seconds of this of this frog being like, I think that's an ant. I think that's an ant. And and then she said, don't cry for that frog, because the whole audience is getting upset. <laughs> She's like, there's a lot in this world to cry about. That frog's not one of them. <laughs> Which I or the person. She said, don't cry for the guy with the thumb yeah. getting bitten, but also don't cry for the frog. That frog's okay. That frog's acting on its environment and learning. Yep. And I actually, she says, don't cry for that animal a lot. Yes. And I, I have to remember that um, often. And I also, and it's not about do whatever you want to the animal. It's about a learner who is functioning, who is acting on its environment and getting consequences back is actually free and controlling its own environment and therefore lucky. And so if they're striking out, don't cry for them. Um, and like for like the industry that we're looking at, we're trying to help people cross over. Mm-hmm. We're trying to help them cross over. A lot of dogs. crossover trainers get stuck crying for the dog and crying for what they used to do. Exactly. And it's like, this is so unpopular, but just to think about like even a dog that is having a aversive methods applied to them, most of the time they're still okay. You it's know, actually like, still better still... cared for than an untrained dog in general. Exactly. Most of the time. <laughs> and that's about that's not about do whatever you want, right? That's we we gotta be good trainers. We gotta be right. great trainers. But it is about um, dog is being distracting because we're on a walk. Um, <laughs> what it's about is again, it comes back to Kathy's talk of like respect this learn this human learner in front of you, yep. and give them something that they can actually do. Yeah, because it's themselves. not actually give them support. Give them not actually helpful to just cry for their dog. Demonstrate something like get out there and you know exactly what you say all the time. What do you say? Heal by doing? No. What? <laughs> I don't know, man. Which one? Where it's basically lead by example, but you call it something else. Oh, shut, shut up, up and show up. So I'm like, I don't know what's one of my phrases. I'm gonna start throwing them out. That's what. <laughs> shut up and show up. That's what we did. That that's basically we were out about. here the other day with. There was a dog out here on an e-collar, and she was kind of joined our group, and the dog was fine. Um, and I just kind of led by example in the moment, or tried to. Yeah, and we all were. We all were feeding. We all were feeding, and and in, I always say I plus R, which is instruct plus instruct and reinforce, rather than correct. So the dog's doing something you don't like. Ask them to do something else pay them for doing that and do it consistently enough um you start to see those other behaviors go away and i think it's that's like the message of quicker expo again it's like 
show people what great training is, show them how to carry it out themselves, yeah. send them out into the world. And, like, and really, we're not all going to leave and be perfect. We're not all going to leave and be Michelle Puglio, okay? Like, I'm definitely not. Maybe in 45 years. I hope so. Just 45 She's, years of experience. I, I can at least give myself that, that I <laughs> haven't even been alive that long. So, <laughs> I can at least take that home. <laughs> but it's, it's that whole, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants kind of thing. Like, go... Even if you think you've got a good handle on what you're doing, yeah. go learn from somebody else. And go to a talk like I went to Sarah Owings Nose Work talk. Go to a talk that you don't expect to change your life. And it might. And do things that prevent your own burnout because that was a huge part of Vital, you guys. If we get so bogged down in what we don't want to see in the world... Like, it really takes a toll on us, on what we're doing right now. It does. And it's just, it's only hurting your own self. Anything that you need to do to avoid burnout is valuable. And sometimes that's going to a conference. Sometimes it's just managing your social media. Exactly. It's pressing the hide button. It's pressing the unfollow Absolutely. button. Absolutely. I'm in love with that button, let me tell you. Um... It's, it's about, about not it's example. about not engaging yep. in conversations that are toxic. Um, it's about being selective about who you want to talk to about training and keep putting your own stuff out there. Keep, keep putting your own example. stuff out there. So important to do. I would post my training session from this morning, but you guys do not want to see what I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it was there are videos that with like acceptable training attire this wasn't just pajamas you guys it was worse okay <laughs> like because pajamas are like the online dog trainers uniform and that's fine but if i can't put it up just rest assured probably shouldn't have even been outside <laughs> just where i was training but I'll, I'll make it a goal. I'll put up a training session this week. What about you? Sure. All right. We'll both do it. Uh, I'll put up some uh, puppy training sessions. Yep. Too. Casey's getting a puppy. We'll talk about that later. All right, friends. We're going to return to our walk. It's great having you here to discuss Quicker Expo. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for having Casey along. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to CogDog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to CogDogRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.